you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. The season is underway. Week two approaches. We've got to get to our picks. Great guest coming up today. I am hoping he can help my co-host over there. That man, Mr. Adam Rank. How are you, sir? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Sure thing. Yes, that great guest is Drew McGarry. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, one, one of my favorites. Uh, love reading his work on Deadspin, uh, Kissing Susie Colber, and now a novelist. I can't wait to talk about I'm, I I don't know many novelists. I've, I, don't know, I've, I know several people who've written books, but right. a novel. Can you imagine that's scratching the, out that many pages? That's the thing that's amazing. It's not one of these like, hey, look, here, I cobbled all these things from my blog, and yeah, right. here's a collection of drunken hookup failure. He actually went out and wrote a three-arc story, which is impressive. Yeah, and he uh, he used to be heavy set, so maybe he can point you in the right direction. He used to do comedy, too. I should ask yeah, him about his right. comedy. It wasn't as bad as he thought it was. I'm worried about you, Adam. <laughs> Maybe Drew can help you out. All right, so it is episode 25. I encourage you, nay, demand. You pay a visit over to NFL.com. Ranks pick sixes, always gangbusters. Thank you. Tom Brady won. A lot of people very interested in your <laughs> thoughts about how he is transforming. He's going the other way from basically from Chaz uh, Bono. He's going He's going the other way is what you say, is, is, is your contention. We actually had a final conclusion, and I don't think people read it because they were getting on me as if they weren't reading it. Well, big story about uh, about Tom and that prolific offense uh, because of uh, Chad 85's uh, comments about it. We'll talk about that in a minute. And uh, But like I was saying, NFL.com, along with the pick sixes, a brand new segment that I've been promising for some time. I'm very proud of my association with, in spite of my involvement, it's gangbusters. It's the NFL. My pals up at uh, BindleDog.com in Chicago have animated my hooey and applesauce, specifically the NFL segment, the butterfly effect of the NFL. Change one moment in NFL history and watch how the dominoes fall in a different direction. And uh, it's really, I, I, I think it's uh, it's quite good. And I encourage you to check that out. Shame reports up there. All on the Damashek blog, and uh, again at NFL.com. It's good stuff. I think. Oh, they, why can't you be enthusiastic for once about something? How about you, Wilk Ty? Did you see it, producer Wilk Ty? I mean, it was all right. Oh. How? He's no, I, I'm kidding. I loved. I loved the NFL. What about the shame report? It was good. It was good. I didn't produce that one, so I'm a little hurt that I wasn't selected and to it, produce this version of the shame report. That's all. NFL. Strong number two behind the shame report. Ah, thank you, Rank. The bread and butter. That's what's still good. I'm, I'm, oh, well, I'm not way. talking about food specifically. I'm oh, just saying God. that that's the shame report remains. I the thought that was my reward. I the, the new way. <laughs> give hold you on. a nice piece of provolone. <laughs> You've earned it, fella. The new look shame report though is awesome. Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen the new shame report, the new set that's very nicely done. It's like film noir. All right, enough about all that. Let's talk football here. And like, a, oh, by the way, Rank, kudos to you and me. We went, we jumped into the DeLorean, took it up to 88 miles an hour before mm-hmm. the week one games, jumped into the future to divine what was going to happen. 4 and 0. 4 and 0 is how we did with our with our picks in that one. So Absolutely. we're going to do that in just a second. Now, number 25, like we do at the start of every episode, we um we name what player in football, nay sports history, wore it best. You know, 25. And by the way, congratulations on getting to 25 episodes. Congratulations! To no you. one outside this locker room thought we could do it. 
It was us against the world. That's exactly how it was. You know what we did? And we took it one episode at a time. Tried not to get, you know, there's not look too far ahead. There were some highs, there were some lows. And, you know, we just said, listen, God willing, if we just keep churning, we will get to that. That's what Tony Romo's doing as we speak. So 25, Barry Bonds wore it for the Giants, Mark McGuire, twin, twin evil towers. Those two guys. So I think we just reject them. Kevin, an important number, oddly, in Pittsburgh Penguins lore. There was uh, the uh, there was Kevin Stevens who lifted the cup up a couple times. Max Talbot who lifted it once but scored the two big goals in the decisive game against Detroit. Randy Carlisle, mm-hmm. great defenseman, won the Norris Trophy. Then you had Freddie Bolitnikoff in the NFL, oh, maybe yeah. the best twenty-five. And wouldn't Easily. you think there'd be somebody who wore twenty-five better than Fred Bolitnikoff? Not to diminish well, him. Well, hey, he you was th- a Hall of Famer. Receiver. I know, but wouldn't you think that some running back had worn that? Night? Just well, you would think somebody would choose that number. But I guess the best running back ever is Reggie Bush. And maybe yeah. Shady McCoy. Charlie Garner? Oh, yeah, Charlie Garner. Yeah, he's not a bad one. But, but Shady, so who are we going uh, And then there's also Joe Newendike from hockey history. He might right. be the best of the group, really. Well, you mentioned your uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. 25 is also a big number in Angels history. Jim Abbott wore number 25. Ah. And the 2002 World Series most valuable player, Troy Gloss, wore 25. What did Jim Edmonds wear? 39? 25. Oh, no. Edmonds, he was twenty. Oh yeah, he. That's I right. That's like right. Because Gloss, Gloss was twenty three when he started. Yes. Edmonds wore twenty five, and then when Edmonds left, Troy Gloss switched to twenty five. Yeah. The only black mark is that when the uh, brief time that Mark Ch- Teixeira was there choking in the playoffs, he also wore twenty five. Right, right, right. Yeah, that guy I, hit against the Red Sox. He had to hit like eight hundred, all of them singles. Not, not enough made. As much as it was celebrated. Not enough made in my for my money about Jim Abbott. Had oh, one yeah. hand. Now, I denounced Tom Dempsey for the half-foot kick thing because he had a steel plate right. in his foot on the most recent shame report. But this deed, he would pitch the ball and then move the glove over onto his hand and as the batter was taking a cut at the at the and he was a good fielder. He was a good fielder. Yeah, he was not a liability on the field, which it's amazing. was amazing. Yeah, it really is a he remarkable actually, deed. He was actually a pretty decent hitter, too. And uh, that's right. Yeah, right. And um, now Tony Romo has uh, all four of his extremities, <laughs> and yet he continues to choke. He's terrible. To me, that's the story. And and as a side note, before we talk about Tony Romo, I think that um, that Mark Sanchez is the greatest beneficiary of Tony Romo's failures, not just because the Jets win a game, but boy. Sanchez was equally as choky. He did everything he could to throw the game away, too. Terrible passes, terrible decision-making, and only because Tony Romo... Not, fum, the fumble, I don't have a beef with. He's just trying to... Yeah, trying it to make makes sense. You see, in in full speed, you watch that. People say, why didn't he just take a knee? Watch it in full speed. You, you break for the goal line... And a split second later, there are three guys coming down on you. And he's and and the fact of the matter is, his knee is a half an inch from hitting the ground before the ball comes loose. And if the knee does, then they easily win the game, and that's the end of that. It's not a controversy anymore. But now, what if, and I don't think this is going to happen, but what if the Cowboys lose this game? I have him, uh, Tony Romo's my fantasy quarterback oh, on my geez. two biggest teams. If if they lose this game, I don't know that they have anywhere else to go except for possibly David Garrard, and then my team's going to be in a lot of trouble. But, boy, Tony Romo is in the crosshairs right now. What about John Kitna? Martellus Bennett thought he was better anyways. Well, maybe. Maybe that would be the way they go. Weren't they? They started winning last year when they put John Kitna back there. And and another game. Well, we're going to get to all these you when know, we make our he, picks. He, he when did we get move. into the DeLorean, we'll see how they all turn out. But, but he did put up. De- not decent, really good passing numbers against the Jets' defense, which everybody thought was going to shut them down. So that's one game against the Jets. Give them a chance to sure. play against these other guys because he could end up having a really good – if he does that, choking aside and all those things, he could end up putting up really good numbers. Here to me, uh, you know, uh, like the late great Jerry Orbach says at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I was wrong about the Bears. The Bears look legit. We'll see if they can keep that going. Um but the defense looks for real. Brian oh, yeah. Urlacher may or may not be out on the field because of uh, the death of his mother this week. But the defense looks good. I think the, the Saints are going to take care of business this week. But that division is shaping up to be rough. The North, the NFC Ooh. North, if the Lions are for real. And the Steelers, I thought they would lose that game, but I did not think they would lose in the fashion they did. The thing that is amazing, it's hard to make sense of even, is 
the fact that they got run all over. And now the, this declaration from uh, Warren Sapp, among others, Warren Sapp completely has torched the Steelers. He says, it's over, they're old, they're slow, forget them. Um, and it, it doesn't make sense logically because they were in the Super Bowl six months ago. But when you fall off the cliff in the NFL, you fall fast. When you get old, it happens, it seems, overnight. And I'm very concerned as a Steeler fan, that uh, that this is a poor ten of things to come. I wouldn't be surprised. They have an easy schedule is the best thing they have going for them. But, boy, that if they can't stop the run, that whole defense, that whole team is predicated on the Steelers' ability to stuff the run, force the opponent into passing situations, force some turnovers, and then and, and then uh, take care of business. On, they score enough points on the other side. And if they can't stop the run, they're in trouble. Although the idea that they're old is a little weird because they have Lamar Woodley, Lawrence Timmons, Troy Palomalu, not an old man. They have the two young defensive ends in, in with, with Ziggy Hood and Hayward. Now it's the idea that to just throw that out. Well, they 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 got old. Well, they're not old though. I mean, James Ferrier is old. Yes, they look but... like a newborn compared to Kerry Collins' beard. <laughs> so, um, all right, should, should we want to just jump into the DeLorean and and uh, and see what goes down, see what happens. Let's I, do it. Yeah, I yeah, know yeah. We're, we're barely even reviewing Week One, but we it got seems... McGarry coming up. Yeah, it seems foolish to try to break down the games when we can just go into why, time. Why guess what's going to happen? All right, well, let's jump it. Let, let's uh, let's do it. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. It's a future. Well, happy Tuesday to you, everybody. And uh, it's nice to be here. I'll, I, I do want to say I don't like to get political. I personally... Thought it was wrong of Obama in the press conference to wear that Glenn Rice jersey, but I don't want to. I don't want to get into all that stuff right now. Let's get into the ball games here, and let's start it off in Heinz Field on the banks of the Three Rivers. The Steelers disappointing game, obviously in Baltimore in Week One. They bounce back, but it's a little bit tougher than what a lot of the experts figured it would be. Twenty-one to ten. A little disappointing, but, you know, this isn't Boise State. They don't need style points. They needed a win. They got it. That's good enough. I guess so, but still a lot uh, a lot left to be desired. Uh, Roethlisberger and company have to get it going. Mendenhall look good in that one. Cowboys, another team that uh, a lot of people are talking about. Tony Romo's fourth quarter failure. They go into the Bay Area. I was uh, skeptical about how this one might work out if Romo could bounce back, but boy, did he ever. The defense looked a little bit better. Tw- uh, 34, I should say. 34-23, to 23, the Cowboys get out of uh, Candlestick with a win. They did well, but why is Tony Romo insist on wearing that starter cap every? That was it was cool in the nineties. Yeah. Like what's up? Like who would endorse a product that was popular in the? Oh wait, Tom Brady did. Yeah, if, well, if you thought it was square when where you are, a week later it's even <laughs> it's even more square in the future. It's a, oh. the fashion styles. You and I got to get new wardrobes. All right, next up. Buffalo hosts the Oakland Raiders. Raiders pounding the ball. Buffalo, a lot of question marks. They had the wonderful game, of course, against uh, Kansas City and Arrowhead last week. But the the rebuilt defense, Marcel Darius, their first pick. They bring in Nick Barnett, Sean Merriman, a carryover from last year. They get it done. They shut down Darren McFadden at least enough to get the win. 24-20, to 20, the Bills win it. You know, and when you make Jason Campbell have to beat you, that's a recipe for success. And let's be honest, we looked, we saw the Dolphins, we saw the Bills. These two teams are getting better. The Jets, they're in some trouble this year. I agree with you. I Listen, the future doesn't change the fact that I do not think Mark Sanchez is over the course of his career a winning quarterback. He's a losing proposition for that team, but uh, kudos to the Bills. That uh, good, good times for, for those uh, those dedicated fans up there in uh, in Northern New York. Lastly, to me, I guess, and to most people, the game of the week, Mike Vick with his new pals from Philly traveling down to his old stomping grounds in Atlanta. I, I, I think a lot of people thought this is the bounce back for the Falcons. That wasn't the real Falcons. I think this is getting to be a very ugly trend. They're a team that a lot of people figured into maybe even winning that division. A lot of people had them slotted for one of the buys in the NFC. Not looking good right now after Mike Vick. An inspired win. You inspired. knew it was important. What do you think? What do you? Is he a robot? Of course not. He's a human being. Of course he wanted to go down there. He rallied his team. They wanted to play well for him and play well they did. Namdi and company slow down Matt Ryan. I don't know if that's working out uh, down there for him. Starting to get a little scary, like I say. 24 to 14, the Eagles win it. 
the the warm embrace from the Atlanta crowd for Michael Vick. Not surprising. What is surprising, the Falcons, you're talking about a first round by people are talking about this team going to the Super Bowl. And now they remind me a lot of what the uh, Indians did this summer where they traded away all their prospects just to finish in third place in the AL Central. Oh, by the way, in the future, Detroit locked that one up in the AL Central. And now you look at the Falcons 0-2, they're in a lot of trouble. I'll tell you, the biggest downer of the weekend, trust me, is uh, a Sunday night without Curb Your Enthusiasm. I can't believe it's over again. It's too bad. May as well just head back to the past, huh? Yeah. Whew. Color me surprised, Rank. About what I figured. Is that right? Is yeah. what you figured? I yeah. wasn't too sure. We didn't even need to get into the DeLorean. You knew that that's where it was going before we did. We could have saved the trip. I'm a bit of a savant, yes. All right. Uh, but it's good It's good to be at the future. I got a chance to uh, get some sneak previews on some shows. I uh, got to see Night of Champions, the WWE pay-per-view. So that was kind of surprising. But, yeah, but overall, a worthwhile trip, though. Among all the other storylines, though, Rank, maybe the biggest story, at least in the last 48 hours or so, mm-hmm. is this hooey and applesauce with uh with uh, with chad 85 and a couple of the uh the patriots vets from their so-called dynasty right ocho of course uh sent out a little tweet earlier in the week everyone's aware of it but here he is everybody all the way from england our pal he uh he uh helps us at nfl.com it's uh it's handsome hank how are you handsome Good, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. What a pleasure to see you, as always. And um, first of all, Handsome, uh, yeah, you'll you, we, we bring him in here to read the Tweet of the Week because he puts the, it in the best possible life with, right. w- light with it, as you can hear, that, that elegant voice of his. It's a, he's, the voice is almost as attractive as the man is. Almost. Almost. And a new haircut, too, which is yeah, fetching. Yeah, looking well, looking well. Now, Handsome, real quick, though. We just put up, you put up on NFL.com, the um, the NFL, the animated debut of it. You love it. You all, I thought you always liked the shame report as well. But then just, uh, just before we started the spin here today, you had a revelation for me. Tell me what it was. It's, it's no revelation, Dave. All I'm saying is that the well, NFL. Well, it was to me. Okay, the NFL I love. I absolutely, I adore the NFL. NFL is my favorite thing that you've ever done. The uh-huh. shame report is a, is a close second. But no, I think- that's not what you said. You didn't say it was a close second. You said the NFL is way better than the shame it report. It is way better. You should be you should be thrilled. It's like Dan Marino right up there. Happy 50th birthday, Dan. And then, you know, a little way below that, you've got the likes of Joe Montana and the rest of them. Is that how you feel really? Or are you patronizing me? No, now? no, I'm, I'm being yeah, serious. The shame, re- the shame report will do. It will do. <laughs> now... Now, the NFL, now that's truly inspired. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't come up with it myself. Is that how you feel? Yeah, that's that's about right. All right, handsome, enough. Now, make with the tweet. Read what Chad85 tweeted out. I guess it was uh, Tuesday after the game. So in awe of his, uh, of his team's performance. Just waking up after a late arrival. I've never seen a machine operate like that in person. To see video game numbers put up in person was, wow. <laughs> well, you definitely brought it, and you definitely put it in a in a positive light. And for the first time, I believe, in Dave Damashek football program history, I think you win me over with your reading of that. I don't understand what but, Teddy Bruski and Rodney Harrison are getting so bent out of shape about, except that they're analysts, and maybe somebody got in their ear and say, it's great if you can take a, a strong opinion. I, I hate to be cynical, but I know that people actually do that. Hey, take a hard-line what? stance on something. No way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kamish, that would never happen. Kamish Goodell gets in my ear all the time. Go ahead, Dave. I know you're, listen, let you're a sweetheart. You're a sweetheart, but let, let them have it, you know, See, kind of thing. But that comment seems natural coming from a guy with a British accent. You don't expect a 10, 12-year veteran to come out and be like, how does Carson Palmer feel right now? So you have like, a problem Thanks, with pal. Oh, yeah. all right. I well, don't that's, know, that's fair that it hurts. I, I Because to me, the other side of that coin is, well, he just left Cincinnati, which is a, a miserable place to, to toil in your prime and to get nothing out of it. This must be a breath of fresh air. But you're right. If he has any relationship with any of the, his former teammates, they probably are a little wounded. Yeah, Carson's like, thanks for holding on to all those balls. You know why Tom Brady had such a great night? He didn't target you. <laughs> well, but isn't it what I, I always like? What do I always talk about is I don't like when the players, when it when when it just 
is transparent that what they care about is their paycheck and their individual numbers. This is this is somebody who's enthusiastic about being on a really good team. I don't I don't understand how any fan could get upset about it, and I really don't understand what Teddy Bruschi is angry about. So somebody comes to the team, things go well, they scored uh, you know, 98 points or whatever they scored. Tom Brady threw for, you know, over a thousand yards or whatever he did. And uh, and and Chad eighty five is excited about that, and uh, Teddy Bruschi scolds him for it. Strange. He had the best view of it because he was on the sideline, not playing. So yeah, I get that. I'm I I guess I understand. He you know I, I assume this has something to do with behind the scenes. I'm guessing Bruschi and Harrison didn't approve of the signing in the first place. They thought right. it was a bad move, and this is a way to validate the opinion that they had, whatever, a month or six weeks ago when, when 85 first got to the team to put him down, and to, maybe they think this will somehow get Belichick to kick him off the team because they think he's going to ultimately be a cancer. But I, I don't understand the logic behind uh, you know putting him down because he's enthusiastic about being on a good team. It's not the Patriot way. I see. Well, maybe Belichick being actually, being human. I know that yeah, really is. You don't do that. Maybe Belichick actually asked his former players to deliver a message on his behalf because he didn't want to do that in front of the team. Oh. Wow, handsome, cynical, but maybe you're on to something. Would we put that beyond Belichick? No, no indeed. You might have he, cracked he the videotaped, code here. He videotaped opposing coaches. I don't think anything's out of the realm of possibility. With I him. think you. I think this may be something. Like, listen. Fellas, really just, uh, you know, start bad-mouthing and make him uncomfortable, make this an uneasy situation for him, and then he'll just maybe quit. Yeah, but Belichick was the guy who brought him in, who was all—he finds all these antics hilarious. Well, he is a card himself, that much is for sure. <laughs> we know that We know that about, uh, about Coach Belichick. All right, Handsome Hank, a pleasure to see you, eh? Good to see you guys too. Thank All you. All the best. Hey, NFL is is great. I agree. It's we have awesome. another. We're going to have another one next week up too. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's going to be the one about uh, the one we did recently about. Uh, um, I should well. We already did. We wanna, do we want to ruin the surprise? It's for a people? good one. That's all. It's, we, a great one. it's one that we've that we've already done there. And uh, but the shame report will be Where back next I... week too. Much to your chagrin, <laughs> handsome Hank. Where can I find these? Because when I when the page props up, I don't see it immediately. Do I have to scroll down? Yeah, you got to scroll down just below where you see ranks pick six He's columns. So <laughs> All right, handsome. He's Thank shooting you. daggers. We'll look forward to seeing you. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. All right, rank. Listen, I say now we move on. We got to get uh, we got to get McGarry in here. Yep. But very quickly, something that's been weighing on my mind uh, lately is best smells. We started talking about best smells, and then I sort of put it into a more specific area. The best smelling place, mm-hmm. you know, in in the U.S. of A. And like a gas station. In fact, we have it up as a poll now on the Dave Damashek blog. Look for Damashek, NFL.com. You'll, you'll dig me up uh, that way. And uh, it's a poll up there now. Gas station, the mall tobacco store. Mm-hmm. The beach is very nice because you get the that beach. suntan lotion, the coconut oils and everything. Along, and if, you, if you're allowed to have beer out there, that smells good. Beer is a common theme with, with a lot okay. of things. If, if there's beer available and open, that helps the smell. Plus, the sea smells terrific. I think that's right up there. A steakhouse, any kind of restaurant that you like, but a steakhouse in particular. Oh, yeah. You salivate when you walk in there. Around the holidays when you're walking the street and it's snowy and everything and people have fires going and there's something good in everybody's oven, you know? And then there's some spiced cakes and pies and everything. Nice. That's delicious. Well, football. Is this, this, okay. What about football stadium? Football stadium. Football stadium because there's beer, there's wieners being grilled, there's stogies being smoked in the stands or, you know, out back somewhere. You know, the tailgates smell great. You know what I'm saying? That's good. But what about baseball stadium during the summer? Because it's close. You actually combine the beach and the 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 stadium because you have the fresh cut grass out here in Southern California. People have applied the suntan lotion. You got beer. You can still smell the dogs from the tailgate. That's nice too. Wilk tie. Your opinion? I mean, all those do smell good. I'm not going to take away from those. But for some reason, I've always been a big fan of airport smells. It's the it's the gas it's the gas station smell, but like what? to an extreme. I know everyone thinks I'm weird for that. Are you yeah, saying airport. airport restroom? No, not restroom. Senator Craig? No. 
<laughs> no, just like when you're walking around in the terminal, you get like gasoline coming in, like seeping through the windows. Ugh, that's the worst that one I've heard. Oh, I love really it. Is I love that so... smell. I don't also. I, stand I also by don't it. understand that's... when people say new car. I don't get the new car. That one... Wait, no, no, no. I don't dude, like that smell the, either. The new car smells great. It's, I'm not, it's not comparable to to airports. It's not, airports. It's not world level bad. But I've never heard anyone say. Look, mm, doesn't I, it smell good in here? I'll take no. a football stadium with a tailgate going any day over an airport. I'm just saying airports are underappreciated. All right. Shame no, you. turn your no, mic off. Was, All right, let's no. let's uh, let's move on to our guest day. Now you know him from kissing Susie Colbert from Deadspin, and now he's a novelist. He just uh, came out with the book The Post Mortal, the formerly heavy set Big Daddy Drew Drew McGarry. What's going down, fella? It's good to see you, my uh, my former partner in norm writing. That's right. For one week, we oh, were we were we were colleagues at the ill fated uh, Norm McDonald Sports Show. Yeah, what what were your fondest memories there, uh, McGarry? Uh, I liked the free food. I was very excited <laughs> for the free food. There was free pop chips, and there were bananas, and like I like I'd take them all, and then then some dude would restock it, and I'd hear him restocking it, and. I'd wait for him to leave, and then I'd immediately go in and try and try and stuff my face with everything that was free. It was, I'm a disgusting person. <laughs> well, I don't want to be pretentious, but I'm a pretentious Hollywood sort. But that was nothing. That was a cable TV pilot. You should see the spread they throw out for uh, for network stuff. And if it's a network sitcom, they go breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's always food out 24 seven. Now, now, now that's uh, that's really good living. Yeah, That's I know how you, you wouldn't be a total sad ass. Like, I, I used to work on, I used to write ads, and at the commercial shoot, they'd have a van parked outside, and the van would cook anything you wanted all day long. And always in the morning, they'd make, like, breakfast burritos, and I'm like a whore for breakfast burritos. Like, I would, <laughs> I would fall, I would, I would marry a freaking breakfast burrito if I could. I would always go and get, like, like six breakfast burritos, just a, just a repugnant amount of breakfast food. No, God bless you. I like I, I like uh, where your head's at. My favorite thing from the Norm McDonald pilot was the day we went outside and we competed. We had little uh, yeah, we, we, we saw who right. could run the fifty yard dash the fastest, and then it turned into a wrestling uh, competition, which I I backed out of. I knew I wouldn't do well with that one. Yeah, I I didn't participate in either because I had a bad back. So, <laughs> in that, who was in the that best? Order. Who was the best wrestler? It was uh, Kyle, the uh, the PA. I think yeah, he, I he think, beat everybody. I think that's he, right. Luke Cunningham tried really hard. Norm was surprisingly spry for uh, for an old man who overdoses on Pepto-Bismol in front of everyone. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that was a weird deed, too, that uh, Norm. Norm would take, not the chewables, you understand, but, but the, the, bottle. the ones that you're supposed to swallow. No, the pill ones, that you're, the pill oh. form that you're supposed to ingest with water. He ate i think it was an entire bottle in front of us and not not for the effect not to get a laugh or anything he just was eating it because that was what he decided to do why he didn't get the chew i don't even think he knew he was eating it (laughs) It like someone was like hey norm are you know you're eating pepto-bismol and he was like what (laughs) what oh (laughs) it's like it's like pink foam coming out of his mouth oh all right so that was your brush with uh, with stardom, with Hollywood elite, eh? That was my taste of the big time. <laughs> well, let's talk about this uh, this novel. I can't imagine writing a book. I mean, I could listen. I can I can scratch out a bunch of hooey and applesauce about sports, or you know, a lame bit or two for a comedy show. But writing a novel, how did this get into your head? Uh, I I mean, I've written another book before called Men with Balls, which was a stupid book. I mean, I liked it, but it was you know, it was it was a comedy book. And the problem is, I think, like in general, people don't buy sports or humor books, and especially not sports humor books. So uh, I had to write a real book, you know, just because, <laughs> because that's what I do. And you know, I think, you know, when I was a kid, you know, books seemed like these ridiculously impossible things. Like the, the idea that one person could write 500 pages of something seemed like a lie to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I agree completely. I, I still like, feel no that way. way. I was always like, there's no way. You'd be a thousand years old by the time you finished. No one actually did this, you know? Like, I always figured it was some manufactured by some book corporation. That's where the post-mortal would actually come in handy, is that you could live long enough to write a book. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, I know. So then I, uh, but when I wrote the first book, because I had never written a book before, but I, I, you know, you sort of break it down into pieces and, since I had been a blogger for some time and I had written, I had realized, hey, well, I've written enough crap on blogs to have it look like a book, even though it would be a really bad book. <laughs> so, 
So if you treat it in just these little increments, a little something you update every day, then suddenly at the end of it, oh, hey, the book. Cool. Now I can go get money. And you're getting, listen, and and, uh, as Rank says, the post-mortal, and it's getting rave reviews across the land, and uh, it's flying off the bookshelves. Oh, yes. It's red hot, Damashek. Red (laughs) hot. It's it's the phenom. I love it. The premise of it is about the extension of life. This is one of my favorite subjects. I feel that our research dollars are going in the wrong direction. I mean, for me, it's teleportation. Why that's not the first order of business, I'm not sure, but... Close behind it is this notion of eternal life. Uh, talk a, b- a little bit about uh, specifically what uh, what the book uh, what the book's all about. Well, basically, it's about um, someone who invents a cure for aging, and you can freeze your age at sort of any point. And then uh, when the protagonist gets it, and then it takes him through sort of his life as an ageless person, and also the life of the world as everyone freezes their ages and starts fighting for resources and things like that. It gets. It gets a little hairy, and, and there's lots of murder and mayhem, which which makes it fun. There is some sports. There's a little bit of sports into it because um, the main character is a Bills fan, so he's afraid he's going to live for 500 years and never see the Bills win a freaking <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> and the other thing was there's a, there's a small section about baseball record. I had, a, I had a much bigger section I had to cut out, but it was about sort of home run records and how you know career home run records would be sort of useless because if if baseball players lived forever, they would end up constantly breaking and, and topping and, and just adding to their totals as they went along because they'd never lose their prime sort of athletic condition. And it would make for it make for a really great sports. Like it would be amazing because all of the Hall of Famers would be playing all at once. You know, like there'd be some Hall of Famers that wouldn't even make the cut some year. And you know, but you know, and you'd have these just just the game would be completely optimized, and you wouldn't have annoying barroom conversations where it's like, I think Otto Graham is better than Joe Montana and all that stupid <laughs> crap, because they'd all be on the same field, you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, because no one had a career that was actually going to end, you couldn't define any of these sort of long-term term records, which would, would, was difficult, would be difficult for people to sort of digest. Which would invalidate uh, our, our interest in sports then, right? Well, no, I mean, not necessarily, because I think the quality of the games would be so high. Because you, it, would be, it would force you to think about records and things like that differently, which, yeah, we, I, which I, we actually do now. We do think about stats differently than we did 10, 20 years ago. I guess so, yeah. Our, our mutual pal, Jonah Carey, who, by the way, is a, a huge fan of, uh, of this book. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's obviously big on uh, the, uh, the so-called advanced stats. But, uh, but yeah, listen, go, Rank, you got something? It would be a bad world where Peyton Manning would never have to retire. <laughs> LeBron James would be around forever. You'd be like, great, can this guy go away? A 314-year veteran. Are you all sad that he's not going to be around to, to kick around this year? <laughs> we just we had to cancel one of the days of the podcast just because of it. Really? No. Oh, right. <laughs> can you imagine? Can, yeah, can you imagine what is uh, what are the likes of Mark Schlereth going to talk about besides uh, now? Th- this man is a uh, he's a he's a manager out on the field. <laughs> he is the offensive coordinator out there. He's like a coach on the field. That he's a competitor. He competes. He just wants to win. Hey, you Think know what he is? It. He's a credit to the game. <laughs> he's a credit to the game. I love that one. That Think means about nothing. He's a, he's a traveler's check to the game. <laughs> <laughs> How many more surgeries could Mark Schlereth have if he was eternally, you know, gifted? I don't know, but none of them seem to keep him from peeing his pants, do they? <laughs> or saying National Football League. He fills his 90... I'm on to you, Schlereth. He fills his 90-second to two-minute-long hits on Sports Center by saying National Football League a half dozen to eight times each one, and therefore he only has to sprinkle in the words Brady, Manning, and Breeze. And, and that's it. Great job again, Schlereth. You've done it again. And always the full name of the player. It's never Brady. It's always Tom Brady. It's you know. It's never Drew. Bre- it's never Breeze. It's I think Drew Breeze. You know, as if there's some other Breeze that he'd be talking about. Oh, I thought he meant Amber Breeze. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of talk too, and and too much for my taste about our league and this league. In this league, you know, he's he's one of the best players we have in our league. Listen, enough with the our league jazz. I get it that it was important to do that during the lockout to show that there was a fraternity, but now it's time to get back. We got to start drawing the lines between teams and building these rivalries back. Our league. No, no, no. My team, the rest of you mooks are, uh, you know, can go screw is what I say. 
Yeah, yeah, that that kind of stuff may work in the Bay State League, but in this league, <laughs> in this league, <laughs> um, so you know, I I do love, like I say, the the notion of eternal life, and uh, but you know what, always I always think about, and I think actually this would make for a great picture, or perhaps your next novel. Let me throw this at you: uh, is what is, and I'm actually I'm sure you address this. What if we are? Because I've always said I'd like to be cremated. You know, just right. you know, just turn me into to ashes and spread me in the places uh, where where I enjoyed myself. The the bars and taverns uh, spread across uh, across the continental U.S. All the Oriental massage parlors that you frequent. <laughs> Don't you pull back the curtain on my on my personal <laughs> life? I relax how I relax, sir. He's left other stuff there. <laughs> Plenty more. Now listen, I uh, but. I, I now I've in the last six months or year I have now started to think maybe I shouldn't be cremated. I want to stick around. I want my body because I now I'm starting to believe that you might that we might be the baseline. We might be the border that we now we don't live to eighty or ninety or hundred, but maybe our generation literally our generation goes to one fifty or one sixty. And won't that be weird if that's true that the the generation before us, our parents and everybody else, will they'll be they'll have been gone for a hundred some years? Won't that be a weird moral thing to deal with? Not oh yeah, me. it would be. You'd feel like you'd feel awful, wouldn't you? Because your parents were the unluckiest generation, the one that that just missed out before everybody was able to get in on it. And it is something that it is something that serious ta- scientists do talk about. They do talk about, you know, there's a, you know, a crazy guy named Aubrey de Grey who believes the first 150-year-old person has already been born. And there are people who believe in something called the singularity, that by 2045, uh, you know, artificial intelligence will be so advanced that it will be able to merge with human life. So, you're, you know, your, your brain would be inside your computer, and then you could, you know, I don't know, go into RedTube for real or something like that. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I do think that there, those are things that people are exploring. I don't know. I mean, given that, you know, I can't get Microsoft Word to cooperate with me, I don't know how <laughs> realistic it is that it's going to happen right away. But. Yeah, I'm behind the eight ball. You're yeah. exactly right. I'm behind the eight ball because I'm so poor with computers that I'm going to get screwed on this deal. And when they do, I've heard, I've yeah, I've read the same sort of thing that, right, at some point it's this virtual reality that our intellect at least will be able to survive in perpetuity, even if yeah, our... Yeah, it could be the lawnmower man, Damashek. We'll all be the lawnmower man. Mm. We'll be worshipping that little, like, paperclip that comes up on Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, uh, we, we like to talk ball here on the... Please, Talking let's, ball. Let, let us talk football. Let's talk ball. And, hey, uh, Drew, uh, you're a Vikings fan. Talk yeah. about it. Yeah, the one the one team that couldn't pass last week. That's my team. <laughs> yeah, I know. It is, yeah, you really do have to feel unlucky when uh, Luke McNown can, uh, can <laughs> Luke McCown can lead his team to a touchdown. But Don of McNabb, what did he complete? Uh, minus two passes, something like that in San Diego. It was it was bad. I think it was twenty nine yards. I think it was. I think it was twenty nine yards. Egad. So first of all, you're in D.C. as yep. we speak, and uh, but you're a Vikings fan. How did that happen? Well, I I. I spent uh, most of my childhood in Minnesota, about seven years, and I went. I always say that because I grew, I grew up around. I, we sort of moved around when I was a kid, but I would say if you went through puberty in one place, that's where you grew up. That's where you sort of that's your reference point. So that's how I, I, I you know ages like five to thirteen, I was in Minnesota. So that's how I ended up rooting for all the Minnesota teams. Yeah, that's when you really latch on to it hardcore, and yeah. uh, so so it makes sense. So that you were uh, without dating you, so you're Tommy Kramer era. It was right, right as Tommy Kramer was giving way to Wade Wilson, and then after that, it was the sort of Rich ro- rotation of Denny Green, red, retread quarterback. Oh yeah, so so wow, you're yeah, a real Rich trooper. Yeah, Sean Salisbury, all those guys. E yuck. So yeah, so you're a real trooper that you stuck with that team during the lean years. Yeah, yeah, and the and the good years haven't been much better. <laughs> no, I know the best year you've had in the last what quarter century was uh, fifteen and one, the Randall Cunningham year that ends in heartbreak. Yeah, that was that was pretty awful because I knew it's you know with both both of their both of those title game losses ninety eight and in uh, uh, two thousand and nine both times I I knew immediately that they wouldn't contend for another decade. 
Well, and that America was deprived because if the Vikings win that game, then you have a gangbuster Super Bowl against Elway. And even yeah. better would have been if uh, the Colts would have gone. That would have been that, the final score to that game would have been seventy-one to to sixty-eight or something like that. If the if you would have gotten the Colts and and Vikes playing one another, it's true. It's true. Our team was more important than the other team, and it should have been. Ha- it should have happened that way. Alas. Absolutely. Gary Anderson. Oh, it's the worst. That's a, a horrible story for poor Gary Anderson. So yeah, many thank prolific you for bringing, years. bringing that up, Damashek. I really appreciate well, since, it. Why don't you give me a paper cut and pour lemon juice in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, since we're opening wounds, uh, the Vikings are one of the teams that are threatening to move to Los Angeles. Now, you living on the East Coast, does it matter to you where they play? Like, if the Vikings moved to L.A., would you cease being a fan? I think that I might. I, I've, I've had a lot of time to think about it because they've been threatening to move ever since McCombs owned mm-hmm. the team, you know, which is about 10 years ago. And, and I, don't, I don't know if I would stay a fan if they left. I know there are people like Will Leach who, you know, he was a St. Louis Cardinals fan and then they moved and he stayed with the Arizona Cardinals, which, right. you know, it almost makes sense when they keep the likeness of the team, when they keep the name, when they keep the uniform. I don't know why that's important. I mean, it, it's just superficial, but for some reason it does matter. Or if they go but to a better city. Yeah, if they moved to L.A. and they became the L.A., I don't know, stars or the L.A. people giving you That's fingers on the freeway or something like that, <laughs> I don't know that I could root for that team. Like, I think I'd probably end up just being a fan of the league and just rooting for teams in general. What about, though, if uh, since so you have uh, two little kids, and uh, right. what, what about, uh, so they're in D.C., are they Skins fans, or is the little boy a Skins fan? Well, he's too small. He's two and a half, so he doesn't. I mean, I bought. I he had an Adrian Peterson onesie and all that stuff, but I know you can't control that. It's like, you know, it's like the dad who doesn't want his kid to turn gay, so he buys him, you know, trucks and all that stuff. There's no real stopping. If the kid wants to be a Redskins fan, then he'll end up being a Redskins fan. I can, I, I can try and push against it as much as I can, but that'll just push him more to being what I don't want him to be. You know, I like I, a guy who's making such valid science points. Uses he's going to turn out that way. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I got, I'm with I'm with McGarry on this point. I, I I say all the time. Listen, I grew up in on the banks of the Three Rivers. Good news if uh, we're talking football, but baseball, of course, the Pirates are abysmal. Right? Do I now? Is it is it emotional child abuse to try and make my son? He also is two and a half. If if when he starts to become lucid about sports, if he in fact embraces sports. What, to make him a Pirates fan isn't that isn't that the wrong thing to do? I don't. I mean, I don't know because I, I, first of all, I don't know that you'd succeed anyway. Because if you're taking him to a game, you're gonna end up taking him to a Dodger game or something like that, right? Then he yeah. probably then he then he'd have memories of the Dodgers when he's young. Maybe he becomes a Dodgers fan. Maybe he gets all confused and doesn't know. Maybe he becomes bi curious about teams. You know, it's like I don't know. I don't know that there's any way to avoid them sort of acting on their own, which is sort of the nice thing about kids. They sort of act in ways you can't predict, but I think it's tough to, I think you can force them to try and, you know, be a fan of your team, but I, I don't think it's always a guarantee. What do you think of, uh, uh, Rank here mentioned uh, the, or you mentioned, I should say, the 2009 season where you just about got to the Super Bowl. How hard was it, because I've denounced Packers fans who would be able to cheer for, to, to continue to applaud Brett Favre after he had left, the team to go and play for the arch rival. That was that was morally wrong in my book. How hard was it though, as a Vikings fan, to root for for Favre after all those years of tormenting you? Well, I mean, I hated his guts, and I, I mean, but you know, any number of teams have guys that you don't like, but if they're still on your team, you know, it's like if the I don't know if your if your Pirates signed like Milton Bradley, who you know is a jackass, but you'd still want him to hit the ball. You know what I mean? Like I may not like the guy, but I still want him to succeed for the sake of the team. So it wasn't that hard for me watching yeah, the game. Yeah, but I would not like... but 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 uh, actually a uh, a more straightforward analogy is Ray Lewis. If if you told me that the difference from the Steelers going to the Super Bowl versus going 5 and 11 was uh, was signing Ray Lewis, I would say we'll take 5 and 11. I don't want him on our team. Oh, and you're still full of it. You're that's absolutely that's terrible. That is no. absolutely I'm not wrong. talking about that you're is absolutely wrong. the you're truth. Well, Don't you tell me I'm wrong. Listen, if I was a kid and you would have told me that Joe Montana is coming to play for the Rams, I would have been all about it. Yep. I would have been the first one at the store buying the 16 Rams jersey. Yep, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Vikings fan. I take Aaron Rodgers today. It's not even a question. You're, you're an idiot, Damashek. <laughs> no, you know what it is? I'm a, I'm a champion because I have those six rings, and you guys are more desperate. I think that's what it speaks to. Oh, that's my guess. That's what No, I, I no longer delude myself into thinking that the Steelers do it the right way after the last couple of off seasons that uh, that those fellows have put together. What do you think about? Uh, what do you think, though, now going forward? We saw Donovan McNabb. The sample size is small, but it doesn't look too good nope. going forward. What do you like? Think Christian Ponder the rest of the way, or do you figure this is a lost season? Let the old man take the beating and save the kid for next year. I think that uh, McNabb will give way to Webb first, and I think Webb will would play for a few weeks, and then I think you'd see Ponder by the last couple of months. That's what I think would happen. But I, I can't imagine them not going to Ponder at some point, especially if McNabb plays the, the way that he played. I mean. You know, it's it's easy to say he, he doesn't have a lot of help because he doesn't. His pass protection's awful, and all the receivers except for Percy Harvin are terrible, but he's not good either. <laughs> so, so it's best that, for them to get Ponder in there sooner to make sure that they know if he's worth a damn so that they can, you know, see what happens. Maybe they stick McNabb in there because they don't like Ponder and they want to get Andrew Luck, but I, I just, you know, right now it's just like 2008 where the team, every passing yard feels like they had to pull their teeth out to get <laughs> just it's brutal to watch a team like and that. besides really besides your guys that may be that may shape up by the end of the season to be the toughest of all the divisions if the lions are for yeah. real i thought the bears were due to to fall back this year but they look dynamite in week one too yeah what, what they didn't division. they didn't obey any of our instructions did they, they, they <laughs> we thought they'd all suck then unbelievable um, well, I got one more. One thing we were talking about here is uh, today is I, it occurred to me that I have to figure out what the best. I, I, I like smells a lot. You know, I like I like a patchouli quite a bit, and orange blossom are some of my favorite smells. But then I got to thinking, what is the best smelling place in the U.S. of A. McGarry? I, I say like a football game when it's early. Uh, early autumn when the air starts to get crisp and maybe there's a fire burning nearby and, and uh, you smell the beer and the wieners roasting and the cigars being smoked or a gas station or a mall tobacco store, you know, what, what's your favorite oh, smell? I see. I see. So not, not like a city. No, like, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, not <laughs> Cleveland versus uh yeah, no, not like that. Uh, I like, I like the smell when you go out trick or treating. Because it's just it's just cold enough. Some people some people have fires, like some of the old people yeah. in the neighborhood have fires, and but you still have sort of the crisp autumn air, and then you know there's like the smell of like the Butterfinger before I eat fifty of them and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, I, I do I do have that. There is that football smell because I used yeah. to play football, and you know that where you take the practice field and you can smell the grass, and you know it's it changes from it changes from summer when the you know when it's very hot and there's a, that sort of just primal disgusting smell but still very affectionate for it but then in, in the in the fall it changes too so yeah no i i like those smells damashek uh, yeah i well and uh and you but for best smelling city it would have to be if you've ever passed through there hershey pa because it actually smells like chocolate yeah but it. i used to Is i used to have to work there i used to have to go to meetings there and and when you go at like eight in the morning like for a meeting it's gross it's like, like you really don't. And you go in and you go in the conference rooms and they have bowls of chocolate and they're like filled to the rim and there are people eating like freaking Kit Kats at like 8 a.m. and it's disgusting. And then like the bowl levels off and they come in and they refill it so that it's overflowing again. It's, <laughs> it's, like, it's like candy overload. Like you, you get diabetes by osmosis. As a portly fellow, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Maybe on your way out here, McGarry, real quick, you're a formerly heavy set fella. Help yeah. out rank. What's what's a tip for him? He's he's slowly eating himself to death. You have to weigh yourself every day. Hmm. I can't do it. Yeah, I, I have to look at I have to look at my lack of it hair. For so long when I finally did it, it, it was fine. Well, McGarry, of course, uh, famous for doing that, is tweeting out his weight and shaming he's himself. He's good. Yeah, yeah, he looks very good. Yeah. Also, another thing too, you you've been very open about your weight. You were also open about your stand-up career. I want to tell you, not as bad as you think it was. I think you got something there. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know the problem is you have to. I mean, you have to work hard. You have to be at a freaking stand-up club until eleven at night, surrounded by fifty other comics who want you to fail. And maybe you get on stage for two minutes, but sometimes you don't get on stage at all. And you have to do it every night until you either break or you make it, and it's just. You have to be pretty pretty dedicated, or you have to be a hugely depressed human being to do it. 
All right, McGarry. Well, listen, it's uh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I hope uh, Paul Rodriguez gets a, a sports show at some point soon, and we can maybe even do a full fortnight together out here in Hollywood, uh, making some pages together there, or uh, for whatever other reason you find your way out to Hollywood. Uh, let's catch up, eh? All right, man. Um, and, uh, of course, the book The Postmortal. A novel. I can, he's a smarter fellow than I am because in spite of what he said, I could never scratch out a book like that. Um, but The Postmortal, great reviews available all over the place. And, uh, and McGarry, let's, uh, let's make a habit out of this. Let's, uh, don't be a stranger. We'll kibitz uh, at some point uh, down the line here during the season. Eh? Anytime, fella. Anytime. All right. All the best. There he goes. Drew McGarry. Wait, wait, wait. It's hold enough, on, hold on, hold We're hold over on. an hour already. Wait, hold on. So I'm getting a... Somebody's in the window. We have a guest. I don't see anyone in the window. No, he's right there still too far. He's right there. there. Yeah. Wait, what? A guest? All right, patch him. If he's here, patch him through. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, hey, David. Yeah, you know, uh, it's your old pal, Norm. You know, uh, yeah, listening to you two guys, you know, uh, yeah, kind of uh, not a mystery why my my show tanked, you know? Terrific stuff. That was good. All right. Yeah, man. Now, what was the last impression you did? The Connery one? Oh, yeah, you did Sean Connery. Listen, that's a that's a step up from your Connery impression. I that give you wasn't that. good? No, that was good. It was the, sort of the difference between, in Handsome Hank's mind, the difference between the NFL and the shame <laughs> report. It was a, and let, let, look, it was, a, it was a good job. All right, Rank, enough's enough. Let's get out of here. You know what I really want to do? Maybe we can squeeze this in. It's Thursday today, but um, maybe tomorrow, if you, if you listen to this show, if you enjoy the program, Follow me at Twitter, at Damashek. Follow Rank, at Adam Rank. Maybe we could even squeeze this in tomorrow. Maybe I'll put it out there on Twitter officially. We could do a, a segment, like, we could call it Tweet and A, mm-hmm. and we just take questions and we just, you know, we listen to the Czech Republic and the Rank Amateurs. We we answer their questions. We kibitz with them via the online technology. That would be outstanding. Right, well, let, let, let's look into that, see if we can carve out some time to do that. If we don't do that, enjoy your weekend of football. And uh, one way or the other, you can make sure you check us out on NFL Fantasy Live Sunday morning, Sunday in the a.m., Sunday in the a at uh, at 8.30 Pacific, and that means it's 11.30 East, or East yes. Eastern East, Standard Eastern Deliverance. I, I think it's EST still. It's on ED I think we're in EST. I don't listen. Let's get out of here. We're wasting time. All right, listen. We'll be back for more Hooey and Applesauce at some point very soon. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.